beaming from Pacific Junction Hotel to Earth. Hi, Andrew. This is Sammy, and uh, I have a show called My Summer Lair. We have an interview for The Heretic. Oh, that's great, man. Okay, cool. Sorry, man. I apologize. We're, uh, there's just a lot going on, but I've totally, totally, totally got the time now. So We just had the uh, premiere this weekend, and we're just, it's been wild, so yeah, apologies. Yeah, how was the premiere? Man, it was so fun. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was incredible. It was, uh, it was a really, really special night, and it's always fun to get people together in a theater to see a film, but what was really special about this one was Rob, the subject of the film, hadn't seen it until the premiere. So he watched it with his family uh, for the first time, along with, you know, 500 of the other people in the theater. And then he and I had a little conversation afterwards, which was just, yeah, very, uh, very, very emotional, actually. We're still kind of, um, yeah, just a lot, a lot of emotions that we're still kind of getting over it. Is he is he happy? I don't know what the word is. Is he happy or satisfied with the film? Obviously, it's kind of weird to have a documentary of your life when you're still in the middle of living your life. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. He was, man. He was really overwhelmed. You know, I got up after the film. I was sitting a row behind him uh, a few seats over, and, you know, I'm sitting there wondering the whole time. Uh, but I can tell it's playing really well to the audience, but I, I'm trying to figure out, like, what's going through his head. And I got up after the film to say a couple things. And then I was, I was introducing him and I looked down and I saw him and Kristen, uh, and I could just see they were both crying and, you know, I just had, had clearly been crying for a while. And it was, uh, yeah, it was powerful. It was really powerful. I think he was, um, I don't think he knew what to expect truthfully. I mean, I had sat down originally three years ago and said, I want to follow you around and film our conversations and the people and the work you're doing and we'll see if it turns into something. And so I don't know what he thought coming in, uh, but I, yeah, I, I think he was pretty overwhelmed by it. The, the movie we're talking about is The Heretic. In the, the first question that you asked Rob at the beginning of the film, I'm going to ask you, which is, how do you describe you? Who are you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a filmmaker. Um, on a, on a personal level, uh, I'm a dad. I've got four kids. But, um, yeah, I tell stories. So I went to film school, and I originally studied cinematography. I was, uh, even before that, one of those kids uh, that, in a very cliche way, ran around the backyard making home movies, you know, trying to be Steven Spielberg. Um, I've just always been very fascinated by the stories that we tell and the stories that we believe. And I, from a really young age, something about stories, it's, it, it, it's, like, it's like a language that makes sense to me in a way that nothing else ever has. I, I always struggled in school and a lot of different, you know, more traditional aspects of life are still very confusing to me. But there's something about storytelling that is... Um, I just love it. I absolutely love it. I remember getting to film school and just thinking like, 
whoa, like these are my people. This I understand. Like I could give my life to this and still barely scratch the surface of what this could do. So yeah, I make films and, and specifically I make documentaries um, these last few years. Um, this is the third documentary I've done in a row. And um, yeah, I'm just really fascinated by the, the ways in which beyond just some pure pleasure and entertainment that um, stories really do shape the world. And I'm, I'm, I'm so intrigued by that because just like people, uh, stories can change. And so when we find ourselves in a world where so much is going right, but uh, so much is going wrong, it's really very hopeful and very freeing for me to use my time looking at, well, how do we get here? What assumptions, what narratives, what kind of plot have we been following? Like what, what got us to this place? And in doing that, maybe there's keys to unlock, you know, where we can go moving forward. So I think in this film and I think in all the work that I've done, that's been the, the interest. A lot of what you've just said in terms of like um, the assumptions, the narrative, that kind of all harkens back to the first film you did with Rob Bell, the Everything is Spiritual, the 2016 tour film. Because that kind of encompasses a lot of um, what Rob Bell's work is and kind of what you just said as well. So it kind of mirrors both of those things. Yeah, I think so. And I think when I first met Rob, that was one of the intriguing things about his life and his work to me was I think if you're someone who is serious about seeing us take a step forward into the kind of future that we want and the future that we honestly so desperately need, then you have to look beyond effects and you have to start looking at root causes. And I think I've just gotten kind of bored over time with how we can put as many band-aids as possible on gaping wounds. And I've gotten much more interested in what is it six layers below the surface, seven layers, like what, what is it in our thinking that is actually creating the kinds of outcomes that are um, so good or so destructive? And what does it look like uh, to adjust our thinking? That, that is just, that is utterly fascinating. And to me, it's, it cuts right to the heart of what we're doing here on this planet, flying through space. So when I met Rob, I felt like this is a guy who, uh, regardless of who you are, where you're at religiously, where you're at, like, I, none of that matters. This is a person who is really focused on that. And by looking back a couple thousand years into some of these traditions, specifically the Christian story, um, not just to challenge it and to shake it and to rattle it, I think what he's really doing is he's pulling out of it very real keys that open doors that we need unlocked. In terms of like shooting the 2016 tour film, were you beginning to notice then uh, the visceral responses to Rob's work, both the good and the bad? Because it kind of he has a huge spectrum of response, and so were you starting to pick up and starting to see that? Well, what was interesting was when I first started engaging with Rob's work, and when I first got to know him, I remember beginning to have a conversation with him, and it was really fascinating. What he was doing was really fascinating to me personally, because I grew up in a very traditional evangelical background, and I and I grew away from it. And so to me, what he was doing, um, the way he was coming at it, what he was challenging, what he was suggesting, to me, it was really personally interesting. And then I think when I got to be around him uh, at a couple of events, one of them that, that led to that um, 
that live tour film that you're mentioning, I think what it confirmed was, oh, wait, this isn't just my curiosity. This is my curiosity, but this is also something that touches on um, the story I think a lot of people are living in, which is I grew up in a tribe, a group, a home, a family, a tradition, a religion, and it didn't give me everything I needed to make sense of the complexity of the world that I find myself in now. And I'm looking, I'm searching as a person for what it means to draw on what was given to me, but also to keep going and not be limited by it. And so I think that was when I kind of had the light bulb moment of like, I think this thing that's really interesting to me about Rob and about this work, I think it also has relevance uh, to a lot of other people. And so picking up the the current film now, The Heretic, and you mentioned too, like just having a tribe and an, an identity within this tribe that didn't quite work. Seeing the this current film, The Heretic, is this an American parable where people just can't, just because of the different sides and the different organ tribe that they belong to, each have a different filter and a takeaway from Rob and Rob's work? Well, I think in a lot of ways, <clears throat> the ideas expressed in this film come through the lens of America because that's where, that's where I live. That's what I know. And, and, and quite honestly, I think I'm very critical of America because I think it has such a dominant impact on the rest of the world. And I've, I've, in some of my other work, I've traveled a good bit internationally. I think I've seen firsthand the impact that America and the American mindset uh, for positive and for great negative impact uh, has and, and continues to have. So I think in one sense, America is my tribe. That's where I was born into. And so that is the lens that I'm looking through. However, I would say it's much bigger than just America. And I would also say it's much bigger than just, you know, evangelical Christianity. I think this is a parable about how do we move past us versus them thinking? Uh, how do we get beyond tribalistic ways of looking at the world that have continued to keep violence in circulation, that have continued to have us engage in seemingly unending wars and continue to overextend the planet, exacerbate inequality, all these things. It's almost like an acknowledgement of saying, this way of thinking, we're right, they're wrong. We're in, they're out. These people are going to heaven, these people are going to hell. Beyond the existential threat, there is a very visceral reality. When you extrapolate those ideas, they create a world that is fundamentally unsustainable. And that's where we're living. So I think I'm coming through the lens of America, Christianity, the evangelical stream, and I think there are uh, insights in that that could be applied to anyone uh, wherever they come from. And in terms of Rob Bell's heresy, after, as you said, you spent three years with him, so you've heard the gamut of criticisms. Is the main criticism that, you know, the actual thing from uh, Love Wins, which is that there's no hell, because it goes against the current, like, orthodoxy, or is that he just actually failed to stick to the script, which is sometimes when you don't stick to the script, people don't appreciate that either, and you get penalized for it. You went too far off, like, page. You, went, you improvised. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think, you know, in 2011, Rob wrote a book where he questioned the literal belief in the reality of billions of people burning forever in hell. And I think that, in a very real way, kicked up a firestorm. 
And it, it challenged because it cut to the heart of this idea of we're right, they're wrong, we're in, they're out. And it's kind of, it forced a broader conversation about these ideas. Like, what are we actually saying? Like, what is this story actually about? Because you have a Jesus figure who shows up on the scene and continually says, these people that you said were out, actually they're in. All these people who you said were dirty, they're actually clean. All these people, it's a big, expansive movement focused on inclusion and love. So I think it's like how, you know, somehow that gets transformed into something that a lot of people, if you stop them on the street, uh, they would not say that's what it's known for. So how do we get there? What happened? What went wrong? What is it that, that how did we lose that plot? He became a voice for that. And I think that created an enormous, and continues to create, an enormous uh, pushback. Right after the 2016 election, uh, he did a, a series of events that he called the Bible Belt Tour, uh, where in July we spent time in the southeast. And, you know, night after night there was protesters on the street, bullhorns, people, you know. Uh, if, if you have found your identity and you find your comfort in this very specific, like, belief system that sort of answers all the questions and checks all the boxes and all things, and someone else comes along and wants to, like, suggest that could be expanded or more people could be invited to the party, that's, um, you know, on a lot of levels, that's very upsetting to people. Yeah, and there's a great example. Pete Holmes, one of the people that you interview in The Heretic, um, he sums up uh, Rob Bell really well, and he says uh, Rob Bell has the honest thinking of a comedian, just the way he's able to deconstruct a concept. And it's fascinating because in your documentary, when you contrast uh, Rob Bell's thinking and his nuanced thinking, and you see people like Pete Holmes, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's another one, their responses to Rob Bell is very nuanced. And yet, on the other half is when people are very being critical or the quote-unquote the haters it's a very black and white kind of response to his work. It's not necessarily as nuanced. Their deconstruction of Rob Bell's deconstruction is not as nuanced, if that makes sense. It does make sense. And, and, and you know, I think part of it, too, is, is the humility of, um, you know, if we're really being honest, like at the heart of human experience is a lot of mystery. And there's so much about reality of us living on this planet <laughs> flying through space where we love people and we lose people and they die. And there's, there's like so much mystery at the heart of this thing that we're all experiencing. And I think there's such an impulse in people and, there, and there's been this impulse for thousands of years to find ways, labels and categories. Um, that's essentially what religion is uh, ways of, simplifying the reality that we're experiencing. And I think Rob, could, Rob is kind of coming along and saying, actually, what if we use language to open it up? What if we actually got honest about the fact that we don't know so much about this? But what we do have is thousands of years of wisdom. We have traditions who have, have offered us very real insight. The Jesus story offers very practical insight into how to forgive people, how to, how to not repay violence with violence, um, how to love people based on their own merit, not just because of something that they've done. 
Um, and I, I just think that's, you know, I think that's tremendously valuable. And again, if you're someone who has used religion as a grid, as a, you know, these, this column and that column and this label and that category, that's very unsettling. That's very confusing. I just think there's a whole world of people waking up who are wanting that, though. I think the other didn't really serve us that well. It left us very empty, actually. Um, so, yeah, it's fascinating to see the, the tension between those two. In terms of the documentary, you spend a lot of time focusing on Rob and Rob's work, like the speaking tours, the, the book tours, all that kind of stuff. You don't necessarily dwell a lot on the heresy charges or how the toll is taking on Rob himself. Like you mentioned at the premiere, there was tears in his eyes. It's not like he, he cries a lot in the documentary or anything like that. Does it take a toll on him or is he just, he understands this is the price that you pay? Because again, when it's something as simple as when you love somebody, there is going to be a price that you pay. It's just a very steep price sometimes. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I, I, I think to be honest, and, and he kind of, uh, there's a moment in the end of the film where he's in a car, I think in Tennessee, uh, where he kind of looks back a little bit on, on his, on the past several years and, kind of articulates that sense of like uh, there was really a moment where he thought it was over and so all of this kind of feels like extra I mean I think the stuff that he went through is brutal and I have to say like as someone who's, who's spent you know a good bit of time with him now yeah it costs something absolutely absolutely it's cost something and and I think in some ways he's, our, he's aware of that and I think to be really honest in other ways he's not and I think there is a resilience, there is a focus on the work, on the next thing he's making, there is a honest desire to make things that help people that has sort of helped him just continue on. But as someone coming in from the outside and just observing, I think, um, yeah, anyone, and this is true of anyone in history who's challenged and pushed, anyone who's, uh, you know, there have been other people called heretics throughout history, um, and, and even outside of religion, politically, a lot of people that we think very fondly of that really served to move the story forward at the time, they were living real lives. And <laughs> these things had very real implications. And I think um, his story is a testament, and part of why I wanted to tell it was it's a testament to what it means to be on a path and to be true to it and to continue it, even in the face of adversity. Because I think whoever you are, you know, even for your listeners, whatever it is you're giving your life to, um, I think you will encounter that on some level. And I think there's a tremendous amount of uh, courage that can be gained from spending time even in a film with someone who has endured that and who has paid a price and yet who has continued in spite of it as well. And we haven't touched upon hope yet to pick up on that thread of what you're talking about because you wrote in the Huffington Post, uh, this was in response to Trump's election, but you wrote, as a filmmaker, that means recommitting myself to the art and practice of telling stories that invite more hope-filled action. And you feel that this um, documentary this and Rob's work kind of fulfills that mandate. And there is some hope that despite all the adversities and the trials and the setbacks and the cost of what he's had to endure, there is a lot of hope there. I think so. I think there is. And, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this. You know, I think it's that endlessly interesting conversation that people have written about, um, even with Obama, and that, that, you know, him kind of echoing that sentiment of the, the moral arc of the universe bends towards justice. And, you know, then we elect Donald Trump, and we start just regressing on things that feel unfathomable. And there's a whole contingency of people that say, um, 
all that was untrue. Like, we're one bad choice away from, you know, these kinds of things happening. And, and you know, I think for me, what really, what really helps me, and I can only speak for myself, is that to continue acting with urgency and action requires that I have roots that go deep. And I think, you know, in a year like, um, I remember, you know, after the election, just having, there, there's just this collective sense, especially with liberals in America, where a lot of the people that I know and love, like, they just kind of freaked out. I mean, it like, and, and, and rightfully so, like, it was not like it was petty, but it was like, they had, it, it, they had no mooring, no moral, like, anchor to help them. So I think part of what I think gives me hope about a story like this, one of the reasons I think it's helpful and worth giving a couple years of my life to, to make is there is just tremendous value, whatever tradition you come from, of realizing that we didn't wake up as the first human beings here and that there for thousands of years have been humans trying to figure this whole thing out. And I think as current as our new struggles feel, an environmental emergency, um, huge, huge conversations servicing about power and gender, you know, all these things, inequality. They are new and they are urgent and they're going to require the best of us. And the best way we can do that is to look back for the lessons that we can learn. And I think sometimes because of its nasty surface, religion has been tossed out as crazy or, you know, put aside from the central conversation. And what I'm trying to communicate in the film is that this stuff has very real insight into building the kind of world that we want and we need moving forward. In Rob Bell's latest book, uh, What is the Bible? It's just about a year old. Uh, on page 320, he ends with this really cool coda. And I feel like some of it was kind of influenced based on some of the events, even in your documentary. This is what he writes. Also, you may be kind and gracious and generous, and you may still lose friends. You may be labeled something crazy and untrue. You may find that certain people avoid you. This can be disorienting, to say the least. In those moments, when you are feeling the cold, stiff breeze of loneliness, ask yourself this question, would I rather go back? Would you rather be alive and free and open and thrilled with all that is happening in your heart? Or would you rather go back to who and how you were before? I don't think so. Remember that. And I think that's kind of, that sums up him and seems to be the journey too, of what you were talking about in the documentary, where like as much as he looks back and sees what it has cost him, at the same time, he knows the things that were in his heart were true, and he felt they were worth expressing. Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's incredibly true. And I think my hope for the film is that people watch it and they feel less alone. Because I think for a lot of people who are a part of a group, a tribe, institution of any kind, that really can happen, where you start to grow beyond the thing that you were handed and you feel crazy people call you names you you know what i mean it's like you you are labeled as the person who's betrayed the the tradition and i think there's great 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 hope and solidarity to be taken from a story like this to say i'm not the first i'm not the only one and there have been other people who have challenged and pushed and fought for the good and the true and the beautiful and it's cost something but they have and so can i um and so that's why i think you know whatever country whatever religion whatever whatever your context is i think that's why this has this has pertinence 
You're talking about freedom at the end of the day. What you're talking about is freedom. You're sorry, you're a parent, so you have kids. And that's what you most want in one way for your kids. You want them to be free and to be uh, fully functioning adults, creative human beings, just cool people. Absolutely. And we want and we need free people. We need people who are full of hope and joy. Like that's, that's what we need. There is... Um, we're in a chapter of the human story where the stakes are really high and we need more people free and awake and alive. And so any, anything that holds you back from that, anything that cuts you off from that is, uh, is, is not on your side. It's not helping you. It's not serving you. And in turn, it's not serving us. So you're exactly right. That's what I want for my son, my daughter's, and that's what I want for anyone anywhere. And I think sometimes it just takes the realization that I could take that next step and it won't all fall apart. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there are other people doing the same thing. There are other people waking up trying to figure it out today. And I want to be a part of that. And you're exactly right in that quote that you read. It is so much better to be free and alive than it is to be um a part of something that's holding you back from that. Yeah, because the opposite of freedom is fear. I mean, again, just going back to the cheesy analogy, again, is because you're a parent, but it's just like when your kid is scared of the dark or something like that, it can be very crippling and they, they can't sleep and it's just, it's overwhelming. And fear is meant to just kind of keep you mobilized and in just one spot. You can't grow and you can't go anywhere. But freedom, freedom allows you to go and to get on planes and to go different places intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. That's the difference. Absolutely. I could, <laughs> I could not possibly have articulated that better. And by the way, institutions are not, it is not generally in their interest to offer freedom. It is generally in their interest to sell fear because fear keeps you a part of it. Fear keeps people where they are. Fear keeps people dependent. Freedom, like you might outgrow us. <laughs> you, yeah. you might, your path might lead away from us and that's okay. But yeah, man, that fear thinking, if you look back at history, it's littered with human atrocity that has been the direct result of the power of that kind of fear. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard to tell people too to like to embrace freedom. It sounds weird because it it's like you should normally like you should that's some that should be something that's natural. Like you shouldn't have to encourage people to do it, but it is a weird thing where you do have to literally like almost like a jailbreak, like go into the prison, open up the jail bars, unleash the chains and get people out so that they can be free. 100% there is a, there's a line in the film, a philosopher, theologian, author named Pete Rollins has a, a line where he says, it's not really that the world separated into people that believe and people who have doubt. It's really that it's separated into people who have questions uh, and hide from them, push them down, and people who are honest about those questions. And I think that's kind of what you're articulating is like, you know, the, the freedom to say there is a whole lot 
that I don't have clear answers for. And there is a, a whole lot that I'm still figuring out. There's a whole lot that's still unfolding about this story that we're living in the midst of. And the freedom that comes from a, a guy like Rob just saying, like, it's okay. It's okay to ask. It's okay to follow that question where it takes you. It's okay. It's not going to kill you. Like, it, 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 might, it might break up the tribe for a little bit. It might break up the institution for a moment, but it's, it's actually the, the journey that you're, that you're supposed to go on as a human being, you know? I think it's really, really powerful. All right. That's a positive note. We should just end it there. Uh, thank you, Andrew Morgan, for taking some time, and thank you for the documentary. The documentary is called The Heretic. It'll be on Amazon on March 1st. Is that correct? Yep, Amazon, iTunes as well, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know you just wrapped this up and you just had the premiere last night, but uh, what are you working on next, or have you started working on some ideas? Um, I've got a couple things, but I'm honestly just, I'm coming off of this one. I'm going to go take a little break. I'm going to spend some time with my kids. I'm going to do some surfing, and uh, there's a couple possibilities, and I, I feel like those will... It'll become clear what's next. I, I tried for a long time to be the kind of person that knew exactly what I was doing next, and I've sort of trusted now the fact that these things kind of reveal themselves. So something something else will happen, and I'm, I'm excited to continue to uh, do the work. Yeah, well, you've given yourself the freedom to do that, right? There you go. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, my name's Sam Yun, and this has been my summer lair. <laughs>